We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for December 21st, 2014. And today's study is actually quite large. And uh, we're it's a 43-page PDF that I put together for this study. And we're not going to be going over all of it. Some of it is there to confirm other things that I'm going to be talking about later um, in the last half when I do like a health corner. But the first part, we're going to try to be showing you how we're tying all of these things going on in the world together regarding, uh, in this particular case, we're going to be looking at the uh, cop killing that just took place in uh, New York City yesterday. How that ties in with ISIS, with Islam, and then we're going to be looking at some of the other Muslim agendas and atrocities that are going on um, across the planet, but also how they're creeping into America. And this first part is actually further evidence of that, that we're going to be looking at. Um, The problem is not going away with Islam, and I've been screaming about this for years, and um, creeping Sharia, I guess is what they call it, and they creep in, and they creep in, and they get bigger and bigger numbers, and when you have the government aiding them in what they're doing, and protecting them, and giving them a privileged status, just like the illegal aliens, just like the gays, lesbians, and transgenders, just like any other either cult or wicked class of, of, of people, Planned Parenthood, whatever you want to... This is the, the state we find ourselves in, in today's day and age, uh, in America and across the globe. So the first report is entitled, Muslim Convert, New York Police Department Cop Killer, was inspired by ISIS. Now this is, this is just being totally suppressed in the news. For the most part. I mean, alternative media is somewhat picking up on it. But for the most part, you're not even hearing about this. And the first, when I first heard about this yesterday, about the cop killer that just walked up and killed uh, two cops sitting in their car for no other reason. The first thing I thought was Islam. Uh, these attacks, as we're going to see, are taking place further and further. And this is all part of Islam's agenda. We have the destabilization that that is occurring with... Ferguson, and then with Mr. Garner in New York City, and then the other things. So so you're pitting um, blacks against the cops, whites against the blacks, all of this this contrived um, chaos, these race wars, that the New World Order wants to usher in in order to bring about the New World Order. Bringing us out of the Old World Order into the New World Order. Bringing their New World Order out of the chaos... They have created and instigated and let happen. I'm not blaming, you know, just a regular law enforcement or or, or good people in government for this. I'm blaming the people at the top of the food chain. Going all the way up to, I guess you could say, the Illuminati, the 13 families that kind of control the earth, who are literally getting their marching orders from Satan and his fallen angels. Um, all evil emanates from Satan and his minions and his fallen angels. And these are the ones that are actually 
responsible ultimately at the top. Because just evil just doesn't happen by itself. There has to be something behind it. There are spirits behind it. There is, there is, and uh, this is what we're looking at. So this Muslim convert, this New York Police Department cop killer, was inspired by ISIS. Ishmael Brinsley, which is what his name is, he's a recent convert of Islam, uh, posted extreme passages from the Quran, and was also associated with a uh, black prison gang. That we're going to be looking about that as well. So he had a couple different affiliations that um, fit into this whole scenario. So I'm going to go ahead and, and play this video and uh, from Paul Joseph Watson, and uh, we're going to be looking at that now. Investigators believe that the assassination of two NYPD cops was a revenge killing for the death of Eric Garner. But could Muslim convert Ishmael... Now, Eric Garner was the black gentleman that um, was selling loose cigarettes, untaxed loose cigarettes on a street corner in... in um, New York City and the cops, and I even played that video and, and said it was a travesty. I played that before it ever really got any real notoriety, and even in alternative media. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, "This is <laughs> this is wrong." Granted, yeah, I know the guy had a pretty long rap sheet, and 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 he had been, and he. Theoretically, the guy really shouldn't have arrest, uh, resisted arrest. Of course, he really didn't resist arrest. It was pathetically pitiful what they did to him. And that he died right there. I mean, it about made me cry when I saw it. And, uh, actually, it did make me cry. And, you know, I was one of the first ones to put that out. Um, so, a lot of the backlash that we're seeing is from, obviously, the black community, particularly in New York City, in, in regard to that, because of the... And it was all caught on film. So, this is what we're, we're kind of um, looking at here, in, in the, the aftermath and the fallout of that. El Abdullah Brinsley's acts also have been inspired by ISIS. Back in September, a law enforcement bulletin warned that lone wolves could be inspired by the Islamic State to commit attacks within the United States, particularly against serving military officers. And just a month later, we saw another recent Islamic convert attack NYPD officers on a street in Queens with an axe. Subsequently, he was shot dead. And again, these were all Islamic attacks on police that... Yeah, you might hear about them in the news, but they're not going to emphasize the Islamic element to them. Everything that is evil about these crimes, or could point to a particular, like, let's say in this case, Islam, this black devil death cult from the pit of hell, anything that's going to paint that in a, in a negative light, they want to protect it. Satan wants to protect it. And that's why you're not seeing the news railing on Islam, even though... They're committing the worst atrocities across the planet right now, I mean, on a minute-by-minute basis. And we're going to be documenting a lot of that. Just just the, the, the um, recent atrocities. Because I can't not document them. I, I, can't, I have to give these poor people that have suffered and died in the most horrific ways at the hands of Islam, I have to give them some type of voice. Uh, I'm not saying that, there's, that I'm the only one doing this, but... Uh, I just really feel 
compelled to do that, uh, as the mainstream media is not doing that for the most part. Now we know that Brinsley posted this message on his Instagram account hours before the slaughter. Let's t- Brinsley is the Islamic convert that just killed the two uh, cops sitting in their cop car and were just like for no reason other than that other than that they're cops. That's it. This is what he put on his uh, Twitter, I guess. Um, Take two of theirs, shoot the police, R.I.P. Eric Garner, R.I.P. Okay, I split that up to me. He said, I'm putting wings on pigs today. Pigs, they're referring to as cops. Wings meaning he's going to send them to heaven. Okay? Uh, They take one of ours, let's take two of theirs. In other words, they take one of ours, Eric Garner, let's take two of theirs. So let's one-up them. In other words, and then he says, this may be my final post. I'm putting pigs in a blanket, meaning he's going to be putting these cops in body bags, essentially. That's what, you know, his cryptic way of of talking. I'm just translating it for you. Mike Brown. So one of the motives was obviously a revenge killing for the deaths of Garner and Brown. But other social media posts that Brinsley made have not received as much attention. In particular, this picture of a page out of the Quran, which Brinsley posted on his Facebook profile back in March, which urged Muslims to, quote, strike terror into the hearts of the enemies of Allah. I mean, wouldn't this be smoking gun? Like, wow, look what was on his Facebook. If, if the media had any kind of honest reporting going on, strike terror, you know, into the enemies of Allah, into the unbelievers, which is just an unbeliever in Islam, Okay. That's what the Quran says. What did he do? He did that exact thing. Islam wants to bring this about. And see, they see this opportunity with Ferguson and all of the tensions that are going on right now as the perfect time to strike. And then in in doing so, then they can get the black, a lot of the black population on their side. Islam was, and ISIS had people in Ferguson, Missouri. There were um, uh, all types of of signs and indicators of that in Ferguson. So they want to be at ground zero of that so that they can have as many people on their side as possible. Which was also a passage cited by ISIS propagandists in their encouragement for lone wolf terror attacks to be carried out within the United States. And within weeks of that ISIS propaganda being released, we saw the attack on the Canadian Parliament by a radicalized Muslim convert. We also saw another Muslim convert, Martin Couture Rudolot, mow down two Canadian police officers in his car, quote, in the name of Allah, killing one of them. The perpetrator behind the Sydney hostage crisis, Haron Monis, also demanded an ISIS flag during the siege and told hostages that he was attacking Australia on behalf of ISIS. Video. So we can see that this is ramping up, it's escalating, it's occurring uh, in an ever-increasingly frequent manner, and they haven't even really, um, we haven't even really seen anything yet. Because there are sleeper cells all over the world, and in particular there's a lot in America, where they're just waiting to get the green light. They've been um, preparing for this, for this grand jihad, this meaning holy war in Islam, for decades. And they want to smite and kill the infidel, and in particular Israel, and then the great Satan, America. 
which is how we're referred to. So, um, this is all building to that moment. It has also emerged of Brinsley, the NYPD cop killer, at a Muslim burial ceremony. Now, as this video is rolling, if you end up watching it, you'll see him at this Muslim burial. You're, you're seeing all of the things that is being talked about in the video in the background. So it's a good, it's a good one to watch. Um, because you're not, obviously, you're not getting the visual with the audio that you're hearing. In which he discusses how all of life is a preparation for death. So given the fact that Brinsley was a recent Muslim convert that he quoted extreme passages out of the Quran, that he was filmed at Muslim burial ceremonies, given these other recent incidents in the West, also in Australia, with lone wolves attacking police officers, attacking soldiers, taking hostages in cafes, weeks after ISIS encouraged this very kind of behavior, could Brinsley, the NYPD cop killer, have also been inspired by ISIS? Not saying that he's a member of ISIS, merely that he's been inspired by ISIS propaganda. The biggest... Well, well of course he was. I mean, he's got Quran quotes. He's, he's... I mean, all these statements that ISIS has issued... I mean, all of these attacks that are occurring, of course. That was most likely the main motivator. And and all you have to do is read his Quran to get motivated, because this is what it tells you to do if you're a Muslim. Recruiting tool for which has been the mainstream media and its constant repetition of the deadly threat posed by ISIS. So whether that threat is real or not... Well, of course the threat is real, even though I understand we helped create ISIS, and I've documented that in the past. Well, what the governments of the world love to do is to create monsters and then just unleash them. You know, let them do their thing. Get them, get them, get the little monster walking, get him out of the crib, get him, get him, you know, to where he's, he's a, whatever, a certain stage in its development, and then turn it loose. And then it becomes, you know, it, it's going to do evil. That's all it was ever created for. The little monster was evil from the beginning. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And then just let it go on its little merry demonic way and do its little, all of its satanic things that it will do. And, and so that's what happens. It appears that now we're seeing lone wolves in the West, inspired by that propaganda, carrying out attacks. And as to the broader point of what lay behind the tragic murder of these two NYPD officers, I emphasized again and again during the Ferguson riots and the other protests around the country, that these had been hijacked by radical elements and that they were discrediting legitimate opposition to the genuine issue of police brutality. So if you protest police brutality with brutality you're only going to create more police brutality. Yet what did we see in New York after the Ferguson verdict? We saw New York anti-police state protesters chanting for the death of cops. Okay, this is an actual video of the protest, and it says, the guy said, what do we want dead cops when we want them now? And they keep saying it over and over again. I mean, that's really bold. Could you imagine if a group of, of Christians 
were in the streets chanting that. I'm just saying. Just regular, everyday Christians. I'm not even going to put it. Race distinction, anything. But if they identified themselves as born-again Christians and they were marching in the street, they, that, the, the media would be so all over that on a worldwide basis and condemnation of Christianity and, and, and just see that, you know, this is exactly what we said about these Christians all along. And, and you know, I, I can't even imagine. Um, but if you stand for evil, and this is standing for evil, this is Al Sharpton and, and his devil minions standing for evil, okay, saying this, inciting violence, inciting a race war, inciting divide and conquer, then you will be protected. Okay, whether it's this or whether it's Islam or whether it's, you know, the illegal aliens, whatever, gay parades, all of that will be given preferential protected treatment because it's wicked and it's evil. Therefore, it is to be blessed by Satan. I mean, that's really going to help things. You know, that, that these kind of parades really going to help everything out. Really going to help the, the nation, and it's going to help the black communities. Um, because I'm sure there'll be no, no backlash over this. And we're going to look at the already the coming backlash. And again, this is all contrived. It's all by design um, to create this horrific um, stage of events that, that, that is most likely in the near future, um, unless... Enough people get educated, and unless God intervenes in, in it. We had Michael Brown supporters all over Twitter expressing their desire to see Darren Wilson and other police officers killed. And now we're seeing, once again, people all over Twitter celebrating the fact that these two NYPD officers were shot in the head. Shout out to the dude that smoked NYPD. Smoked pork. He's showing all of these these um, these sick, disgusting Twitter posts. Um, smoked pork, meaning they smoked the pigs. They killed them. Smoked, meaning killed. Uh, the new the two NYPD pigs have kicked the bucket and are on their way to hell. Oh, and like you're on your way to heaven, you know, with such a wonderful, wonderful, you know, <laughs> I mean. The hypocrisy is just unbelievable. These guys were just sitting in the cop car doing nothing and they were killed for no reason other than a revenge attack and, and, and obviously ISIS inspired this prison gang that this guy was affiliated all to do, had a lot to do with it. But this totally fits in with the New World Order narrative of, of divide and conquer. Let's create race war. Let's create riots. Let's, let's bring about order out of chaos. The two NYPD pigs have kicked the bucket and are on the way to hell. There's no justice in USA except when cops get shot in the head. These are real... These are all individual Twitter posts from real people with real accounts on Twitter. Real people with real Twitter accounts calling the murderer a legend. Look at this one. Eat my okra. Did two cops just die? Or do young black men have two more chances at life? Stay positive, guys. Right, so every single NYPD officer is out to kill black men. That's the logic behind that tweet. Stay positive? Let's look at the bright side of this. Two cops are dead, so therefore there won't be as many cops to go out there and kill black 
black men, is what she's basically saying. So we need to stay positive. What kind of sick, twisted, disgusting, I mean, demon-possessed logic is that? There is no logic behind it. It's just pure evil. Shout out to the homie who shot those cops, cops in Brooklyn. Yay! Shooting people in the head. NYPD gets what they deserve. You see how this rhetoric is just inflaming tensions on both sides. Karma, they're calling it. Justice. Look at these tweets. These are actual tweets. Everybody mad two cops died. Every one of them. This is unbelievable. It just goes on and on and on. Some of these are not appropriate. He's not reading a lot of them. Um, so, caution, if you're watching, you know, uh, don't, I wouldn't watch it with your children. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's so satanic, it's so disgusting, that people, they, they've had their minds, like the Bible talks about having their minds darkened, you know, because their deeds are evil, essentially. They, they... They call evil good and good evil. This is becoming, unfortunately, the norm with a large, um, ever-increasing percentage of people, and I think in the world in general. Literally. And this is just a sampling. Two cops should die every Saturday. Okay, I'm going to mark that out. So that one says two cops should die every Saturday to make you-know-what legit. It's a cuss word. Legit. So that's, that's, that's their plan. You know, that's a that's a good, solid plan. I'm sure that's going to bring about a lot of really good fruit. And um, that was their solution. Let's go out and kill people, shoot them in the head. That's going to get justice. Well, actually, all it does is this. The NYPD has declared it's wartime. They're now on a war footing as a result of the murder of these two officers. So again, as I've said all along to the people who tried to escalate this into cop-hating, racism and violence, we're not addressing the cause of the problem of violence within both the black community and the police community, which is... So a cause-reaction solution, Hegelian dialectic, they, they give you the problem, they create the problem, and then ultimately... You know, there's a reaction to the problem, and then the New World Order brings about their solution, which ultimately this is the solution. NYPD declares war; it's wartime after suspect. And and again, we're going to be looking at that in much greater length. And um, I mean, all of this, all of the these local police department getting these MRAPs, these these armored vehicles that are like literally mind-proof, bomb-proof, that they're using over in like Afghanistan and Iraq and these types of things. And all of these local departments getting these vehicles and that there was a recent report on uh, Jones where um, in fact they just did a three-some-hour video. And again, I've cautioned against Alex Jones on numerous occasions. Uh, But what happened out there and I haven't even listened to that full video yet Um, But what did happen, what there is no dispute about, was a lady that made a recording recently. And it was one of these things where I guess they were debuting their MRAP or showing off all of their heavy-duty, high-tech hardware at a a, uh, particular Spokane um, police department. 
and the guy, the, the lady's saying, well, okay, I understand why you'd have, like, an MRAP, one of these armored vehicles for, like, Iraq and Afghanistan, well, but why here? And he's like, well, the first thing that he basically mentioned was there's there's people that are armed, there are people that are arming to the teeth, and there's these constitutionalists. He mentions constitutionalists, which is what I could have swore they swore to uphold when they became a cop. Like, this would be some type of demonization when you've got legitimate criminals out there that I could maybe understand, you know, the Mexican drug cartels, the, 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 the gangs across the nation, the, the uh, legal alien criminals, they're letting, I mean, some of the worst of the worst of the worst, they're letting pour across uh, the borders, these Muslim terrorist sleeper cells that we've just let flourish and, and, and given them a protected status. We're going to be looking at that quite a bit as well. I can understand if you said it in regard to them. But no, it was constitutionalists. And the people, I mean, the, the most law-abiding citizens, most likely per capita, and he picks on them. This is how brainwashed some of the police are. Not all, but some. And, they, and this is the type of police they want. And this is why they purged all of these generals and all of these uh, high-ranking military brass who knew better who didn't fit in with the New World Order agenda and, and Obama, what Obama's trying to usher in, and they had to get rid of them. And I'm talking about thousands of these of these people. When you look at the generals and the majors and the colonels that they have gotten rid of, they want to have people in there that are wicked and corrupt and will take orders without questioning them and are totally brainwashed to the hilt where they do truly think that Bible-believing constitutionalist, pro-life, um, you know, Second Amendment, belief in Second Amendment, b- belief in First Amendment, anybody like that, pro-constitutional, they're the enemy. They're the ones being demonized. And so this is, this is the world we find ourselves in. The only way we're going to solve this problem. We're not going to solve this problem by threatening to kill each other and then lunatics actually going out and acting on that propaganda. This is just going to escalate violence on both sides, and everybody's going to lose out. So, well done to Time Magazine, who basically venerated the looters in Ferguson, said it was a justifiable response. Well done to the Mike Brown supporters, who said people should... I'm cutting that one out. ...the decision, and well done to the... Ferguson protesters who marched in New York calling for cops to be killed. What have you achieved? A boy spending Christmas without his father because he's been shot in the head by some fricking lunatic. Well done, everybody. Give yourselves a round of applause. Because yeah, so you can see how the, the mainstream media is, is encouraging this behavior, is, is sympathizing. that the um, And which is basically giving any evil elements behind these things the green light to say, you know, hey, killing cops is good. Look, the mainstream media's even given us accolades and, and, and praising us for these things. So this is what they want to, this is what they're trying to foster. Link to this memo, which allegedly has emerged from within a police union, the NYPD is now on a wartime footing as a result of these murders which will only lead to more police brutality and more innocent black people and others 
being killed. Let me know what you think in the comments. So that was that particular video. Now, some things that we just have on Drudge today. That, so if you're saying, oh, come on, I don't believe, okay, well, here's a ton of links at the very, very start of the, the PDF for December 21st, 2014, and these are, I'm just going to read you the headlines. Um, now, this is about this Brinsley, this Islamic convert that just killed the two cops in um, New York City. Killer's Instagram threat. I'm pulling, putting wings on pigs today. We saw that. Um, People take to Twitter to celebrate. We just read you a whole bunch of those. NYPD shooting eyewitness. People were clapping and laughing. What? Really? They were clapping and laughing? When these these cops got shot in the head? I mean, that is some really sick stuff. Okay? Um, video frantic aftermath at the scene. In, in New York City torn apart. These are all individual links. Protest flashback. What we what do we want? Dead cops. That's the the link to that. And um, okay, so more headlines read: Officer shot and killed in Florida. So that this just happened as well, uh, <clears throat> which may be uh, very much in relation to all of this that we're seeing. Uh, warnings issued to cops to be on guard. Fever pitch of anti-police sentiments growing. These are different headlines, and I, I posted them all in the uh, uh, very first start of the PDF here. So, this uh, is a no- new report. and <clears throat> Just starting out, and it says, In the wake of shootings, the New York PD's union, New York Patrolmen's Benevolent Association, issued this bulletin showing that New York Police Department are most certainly not taking things lightly. And it says, quote, this is after the shooting that just happened, starting immediately, at least two units are to respond to every call. No matter the condition or severity, no matter what type of job is pending, or what the opinion of the patrol supervisor happens to be. In addition, absolutely no enforcement action in the form of arrests or summonses, is to take place unless absolutely necessary and an individual must be placed under arrest. These are precautions that were taken in the 1970s when police officers were ambushed and executed on a regular basis. The mayor's hands are literally dripping with our blood. And I think he's saying that because of the uh, <clears throat> the New York mayor's sympathy toward the Eric Garner uh uh, pro Eric Garner, the one that was that was choked out. So I, I think what they're saying there is that the, the police department is saying because you are siding with a lot of the element that is wanting to kill us, Mr. Mayor, your your hands are literally dripping with our blood, the police officer's blood. And so this is why there there's a huge division there forming with the mayor and the police as well. <clears throat> Your hands are literally dripping with our blood because of his words, actions, and policies, and we have for the first time in a number of years become a wartime police department. We will act accordingly. So this is what New York City Police Department, I mean, uh, this type of uh, sentiment, they're releasing actual, you know, bulletins where this is being said, and, and I cannot see this de-escalating anytime soon.
And again, it would just take so little to make this all the more worse. I mean, all it has to take is more cops being killed. You know? And all of this is going to continue to escalate, and it's going to escalate not just in New York City, but it's going to escalate all across the nation, in every single town across the nation, pretty much. Now, this was um, sent to uh, the Q-File alert, and to Steve Quayle. It says, good morning, Steve, from the East Coast of New York. A buddy's cop who works very close to the city. Um, my buddy's a cop, I'm sorry, who works very close to the city. Well, yesterday he called me and asked if I had heard what happened. And then he goes on to say about the, the two cops being killed. <clears throat> Picking back up, it says... The so-called shooter was bragging on the internet how, for every one of ours, we are going to take two of theirs before the shooting. This is extremely disturbing. You see, my friend also said that the higher-ups are being told not to fire the first shot if an armed confrontation breaks out. I don't see how that's possible. Somebody pulls a gun on you. Don't shoot first. As a cop? Well, okay, so in other words, you let him blow your head off? But at least you didn't shoot first. That doesn't make any sense. But this is being confirmed. This report just came out today. Man in the Bronx aimed an empty gun in the cop's face, pulled the trigger. And there's a link to this report. This happened in the Bronx, like today, or yesterday. He had been shooting his gun, I guess he ran out of bullets, and then when the cops confronted him, he he pulled the trigger, but the, the chamber was empty. Why didn't they shoot him first? I mean, he'd been shooting out the window, but I guess, I mean, this is getting beyond bizarre. I said to him, this is going to turn very ugly very, very fast, because the gunman pretty much declared war on every officer on duty everywhere. He knew this before I said it. This is this, his buddy he was talking to, was also a cop. He continued to tell me that cops were being followed home by well-organized gang members, so that they could know where all officers lived. Now, I know I've got policemen as my listeners. Okay, I, I know, I don't know how many, but I know I have. I know one thing, I have more listeners in New York City than any other place on Earth. Because uh, I just got my stats from my, uh, my mail email program yesterday, and by far, I had more people on my email list, and I'm assuming a lot of them are my listeners, in the New York City area. I mean, it was even breaking down like Manhattan and this and that, and, and than any other place on earth. I didn't know that. I had no idea about that until last night. For all I knew, I didn't have any. And so, for any cops that are on my list or listening to this... This, and we're going to confirm this, this is not a rumor, okay? He continued to tell me that cops were being followed home by well-organized gang members so that they could know where all the officers lived so that they gain entry to houses while they were on duty and catch them off guard. My comment, this would also be confirmed by this report that just came out today, and it's entitled FBI Issues Warning. Black prison gang is targeting white cops. This is the same prison gang that um, the, the black guerrilla prison family, uh, black guerrilla family prison gang, which is the same one, this guy that, that uh, in uh, New York, 
this Brinsley, he was associated with them. Not only was he a recent Muslim convert, but he was also associated with this black guerrilla prison gang. And a lot of the black prison gangs are associated with Islam as well. What they do is they is they go in there and recruit on the basis of, okay, they're just trying to keep you down and this and that. And, and, and the white man, it's all about the white man keeping you down, so you need to join with your brothers in Islam. The, the ironic thing about all of that is if you really look at Islam and you look at the core tenets of it, they put blacks on a level that's not too far off from the Jews. If you really want to know what Islam, like if you were go to, to go to the Middle East where there was like no real, most likely blacks, which is all Middle Eastern Arabic, they view blacks very, very lowly. And yet you have a lot of these blacks, particularly in the prison gangs, and the whole, you know, the whole Malcolm X garbage crowd, that type of thing, thinking that they're in some big war for Allah, and yet their very own religion that they serve thinks very, I mean, thinks of them not like, basically like just right above an animal. I've got into those quotes before uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a past teaching. So I, I find that pretty ironic. Going back to this report. FBI issues warning, black prison gang is targeting white cops. The FBI issued a warning Friday that the black guerrilla prison, uh, family prison gang was plotting to attack white officers in the state. So this, <clears throat> this report I'm reading here is not hearsay, it's not conjecture, it's not speculation. The FBI has already issued this warning. All this really is is confirmation. Going back to the, this uh this uh, email that was sent in. This is very bad, and it's going to get worse. To all of your readers out there, I pray, please pray, God's protection over these men who put their lives on the line every day. They're not all power-hungry, soulless men. These people have families. Um, but this chaos agenda that is being implemented is going to harm innocent people also. You know, amen. Yes, these are scary times, but trust in Him, our Lord and Savior. And that's from Matt from New York. Now, then Steve Quayle wrote, Greg Everson and I have warned that traitors within many large infiltrated police departments have given the names of spouses' work locations and where their children go to school. Do you understand what that means? That means that there, a lot of these police departments, at one level or another, have been infiltrated by, like, basically spies. Some of them are foreign infiltrators. We're going to talk about that in a second. Some of them, I would imagine, are just recruited from within the ranks. And they gather intel, like spouses' work locations, like the spouse of a cop, okay, and where their children go to school. Really? Then it goes on to say, please, Leos, meaning law enforcement officers, Take this warning to heart, develop a well-thought-out defensive home plan, and a series of follow-up checks for your loved ones. The days are evil. Watch all foreign officers and observers in your departments. I've reported on this in the past. Those foreign observers, they're there to know who to kill when martial law is declared. 
they may let you do the dirty, or they may try to get the, the good cops to do their dirty work for a while. But if they think you're not going to go along with the plan, or if you have served your youth, usefulness, you will be liquidated from every report I've seen. And another way that they would, another leveraging tactic that I've, I've reported on many times regarding the uh, police department, the military, anybody that could be used against the American populace, is that when martial law is declared, all of a sudden you're deployed to another state, and you get a nice text from your higher-ups in the government saying, oh, don't worry, we have your family with us. They're safe as long as you follow orders. So now they're blackmailing. I've reported on that numerous times. And in not just like me making this stuff up, like confirmation of this stuff. So this is what they have planned for the law enforcement officers. Pretty draconian. I mean, so it says, The days are evil. Watch for all foreign officers and observers in your departments. Keep all personal travel and family plans to yourself. Develop phone tree checks for your fellow officers' spouses. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but be vigilant. Fellow officers' spouses. In other words, I think watch each other's backs. You know, you know a guy, he's your buddy, he's a cop. Watch each other's backs. Watch each other's families' backs. Have a exit strategy. Shield your sh- cell phones at all costs. Well, if things went hot, or if you even think things are going to go hot, I would say go further than that. Don't just shield them. Get rid of them. Destroy them. Make sure the battery's out. Okay? And, and, um, then have a, have one of these, um, or, or I'd probably be a good idea to have two or three of these throwaway phones that are already activated. This doesn't cost a lot to maintain those phones. You can go get, like, a track phone or one of these phones for, like, 20 bucks at, like, a drugstore. And then go buy, like, for, like, a track phone, you can buy a, uh, it, it activates it for three months. And it gives you, like, 90 minutes or something, and it's, um, it makes, basically makes you, you have the ability to have a phone that you can use in an emergency situation, have some airtime, and it's activated for three months. And it's going to cost you literally a total of $40. Per phone, and every every three months, then you'd have to do another twenty. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. And so, have those as backups. One, you know, to give to your spouse. One for you, you know, and then with the, with the um, with the instructions that if it gets bad, we get rid of our phones. You also want to have the the phone cases that shield the signals. Because you just don't want to rely on some type of anonymous phone. You want to shield the signal when you're not using it. And if you're in a centralized location, you wouldn't even want to use the phone really at that location unless you absolutely had to. I mean, with voice recognition and things of this nature, triangulating the signal, what you're trying to do is, is you're you're trying to make it as uneasy as possible for them to track you. You're not giving it to them on a, on a silver platter and saying, here I am, triangulate my signal. And remember, I've even heard reports and seen reports that even if you take the battery out in some phones, it can still trans, 
transpond a GPS signal for a certain amount of time. There may be some internal batteries on some phones. So don't just view that as the golden ticket or the silver bullet there. If you don't have access to one of these cell phone protectors, and here's another thing. When you get the cell phone protectors, make sure you check them. Put the phone in there, turn it on, seal it, and then call it. If you hear that thing ringing in there, it's the cell phone protectors worthless. Whether it's, you know, Secure Shield or whatever, it's worthless. ID Stronghold has the wallets and these things that, that block your, um, protect your credit cards and stuff. I think they've got um, a cell phone case. But there's all kind of, of, of cases in there. Block it pockets, one, and ID Stronghold, and I don't know. Steve Quayle's got one on his site. There's a, there's a whole bunch of different kinds out there. I'm just saying, we may be very near that time where that type of, of um, application could be very important. Worst case scenario, you can wrap the phone in aluminum foil. I would multi-wrap it. You know, obviously that's not as easy to deal with as just having it in a blocket pocket or one of those things where it's, you know, you can just take it out and use it. And um, you always want to check it when you put it in there, I mean, for the first time at least. So these are just some things to think about. Um, <clears throat> so then it says, yeah, shield, shield your cell phones at all costs. The last thing you need or one is a homing signal targeting you or your loved ones. Okay, so heads up there. You know, I'm here to warn, I'm here to be a watchman, I'm here to, you know, give you a heads up. Never know what little tidbit of information, and I know the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that truly protects us, and he's the one that would truly guard us. But, you know, be wise as serpents, you know, in, in that, that whole thing in the Bible. And so we want to we make sure that um, we're not doing anything to just blatantly expose ourselves. And now these were also in the Q um, report where it's, it's talking about people sending in some emails. And I'm just going to throw these in here and then we're going to kind of go back to the Muslim subject in a moment. But this uh, man named Rob writes in to Steve Quayle says, I'm in Dallas to visit for a couple days and decided to visit the gold and silver dealer, largest chain in Dallas. In front of me were three large men speaking a foreign language. They were dressed casual but had on jackets with military symbols. Uh, the salesman recognized them speaking and said, Oh, you're a Russian. They hesitated and then responded with, Yes, we are just passing through Dallas. They all purchased as much silver as they could legally buy with cash, and one tried to buy more on credit car- a credit card, but the store only accepts debit cards. When it was my turn, I asked the salesman what that was all about, and he said Russians have been coming in regularly and buying all the silver they can get. The spot price was fifteen ninety eight, and they were paying nineteen ninety eight. So they were paying $4 above spot. Silver's not even remotely where it should be anyway. It, traditionally speaking, silver's always been at a 16 to 1 ratio. And meaning, you know, it was a 1 16th, an ounce of silver was 1 16th, the price of an ounce of gold. It's not even anywhere near that. Okay, it should be far, far greater than it is. And not only that, the prices are being suppressed anyway. We're printing money out of thin air. Okay, on the print, all of this is being manipulated. Okay, with the silver. So, yeah, now would be the ideal time. 
because you'll never probably ever see prices like this ever again. Now, if the Russians are here, and we've, we've talked a lot about foreign troops on our souls, we've talked about Spetsnaz troops being here, and a lot of other studies, we've talked about all of the, the um, presence of Eastern Bloc and Russian and Ukrainian people in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I went there and witnessed it firsthand. Are they being tipped off that when things go uh, really bad in the very near future, that, you know, the dollar's going to be worthless, you need to have hard... Are they getting this as, as another part of their reward for doing whatever they're going to do? They're getting this like an in, insider stock tip kind of, you know, silver's going to be, you know, uh, one of the main mediums or currencies of exchange until they implement their other system. And those that have it in the interim, particularly in the interim and afterward most likely, you know, will be in a very, very good position. I don't know, okay? I'm just, I'm just speculating there. But I thought I should include that, just so you'd have that information. I mean, I've done the reports before where it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fact that if current consumption rates continue on silver, because it is an industrial metal that is being consumed at a greater rate than it is being produced. The fact that it's so low right now is just totally insane. But nevertheless, it does afford a person, you know, a window... Um, to acquire it at a really good price. So, let's go further. This is another one from the, uh, the Q newsletter. Steve just wrote with uh, a close friend whom I had had advised to make another trip to stock up with a large Walmart gift card she had received as sort of a Christmas bonus. Our area hasn't seen the shelves going too bare as of yet, but she was alarmed by her experience at the register upon bringing around her full cart. One of your previous Q-Alert contributors was right on the money. Ugly looks were just the least of her concerns. In other words, people that are loading up their carts now are getting these ugly looks from, from other people saying, like, oh, you must be some type of hoarder or glutton. Why aren't you just buying to get yourself through the moment? People are literally giving other people nasty looks because they have full carts of groceries, I guess. I don't know. I... I guess I keep my head down more if I go to the grocery store or, or something like that. And I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't noticed that, but it's not like I'm going around with a huge cart of stuff anyway. This is a lady that's done no prepping at all. So she must have had a lot of stuff in her cart. Evidently, like I said, people are getting nasty looks. Um, goes on to say, when the girl... The teller girl began to ring her up. She was repeatedly questioning about the quantity and the particulars of her selections. Like, that is any of her business. You're there spending money at Satan Mart. And now you're going to be interrogated too? Yep. Well, they're yoked up with Homeland Security. Jane Napolitano, I mean, they've, they've even had the, the uh, TV monitors voicing Department of Homeland Security... You know, see something, say something, good look, be a good little... I mean, Walmart is the ground ground zero for evil in regard to retail stores. They're slave-bought China goods, you know, big brother. Ugh, I, I can't even imagine all of the evil Walmart's going to be... It has been used for and is going to be used for in the days ahead. She, she was asking her questions like, Why are you only buying canned food and toilet paper? Why do you need these bags of salt? I mean, what? 
why uh, why you got the med kits for? In other words, she had medical kits. I mean, how unbelievably rude for for a store clerk to be asking those types of questions. He goes on to say, that's the sort of garbage they were asking. What's more, at some point during the process, another associate slash accomplice was signaled and brought over, and the implication was that this second girl was also asking suspicious questions that are possibly scripted. Basically, the whole line of questioning began again, but with a more focused and deliberate scrutiny. What? Well, I know she had a Walmart gift card, but, you know... I'd just leave the whole cart there and walk out. I would not deal with that. I mean, I get what she's doing. I mean, maybe she's... But I guess what the, the, the thing is here is don't buy all of your stuff in one fell swoop or try. Now, I understand if we're times limited and things of this nature, maybe you don't have that as a luxury. But, I mean, this is just ridiculous. Big Brother garbage. Meanwhile, they let thousands of people across the border again today. Meanwhile, in America, over 4,000 aborted babies today through Planned Parenthood. Meanwhile, the Muslim terror cells are, are gathering strength and getting ready to wage holy jihad on America. And yet we've got tellers at Walmart asking people that are, that are stocking up on preps all of these Nazi-like brown shirt questions. Anyway, that store is pure evil. Pure evil. And I've done many, many reports. You should not give your money to that devil store, if at all possible. I understand that everybody else, everybody has that maybe as an option. They have a Walmart gift card or whatever. But it's Satan, Mart. It is pure evil. That will be one of the main institutions that will be a vessel of our destruction. And by shopping there, you're feeding into that. You're, you're, you're basically, in part, funding your own destruction. The whole situation left my friend feeling shaken and disturbed, yet another blatant warning unto those with ears to hear. Thought it should be noted that despite all food she was buying, there was no indication that either Walmart employees made any assumption that this could have been for holiday dinners with family or anything of that sort. Clearly, they had been trained what specifically to look for, and my friend is still fairly new at the approach to supply acquisitions. So, you know, I wanted to put that in there as well. Evidently, in some areas of the country, they are seeing massive shortages on the shelves. Now, I haven't seen that where we're at, but there are a lot of emails that are being sent into like that Q alert, and I've seen other things that go into... That being the case. Okay, so we got through that particular portion of the study. Now we're going to go back to more of the Muslim aspect of things. And we're going to be looking at that. And ultimately how that is going to relate to a lot of different countries that they're infiltrating. First report. Muslim terrorists attack school, kill more than 130 kids. As if the world needed more evidence of the disgusting nature of the real world of Islam, the Taliban has just demonstrated it for us once again. The day after the Muslims, uh, a Muslim terrorists attacked a Sydney, Australia cafe, leading to a siege that left three people dead, including the gunman, a group of Muslim men, bent on terror and destruction, attacked a school in Pakistan. Now, this was all over the news. 
and committed a horrible and atrocious act of violence. Gunmen wearing police uniforms and suicide bomb vests entered a public school in northern Pakistan around 11 a.m. on Tuesday and began killing the people they found inside. Just innocent, just like those cops. He was he was Muslim. That's that's a really that's a trademark of Islam. Just killing innocent people. That's what we do. And the more innocent, the better, it seems like. Really. Because they go into a public school, begin killing people they found inside. As I write this, the current death toll sits around 145 to 132 children and 10 members of the school staff and three soldiers. So yeah, let's just go in there and, you know, let's kill about 140 children. You know, for no reason other than that we're going to show you uh, this is revenge for whatever. The Taliban quickly claim responsibility for the attack as retaliation for the Pakistanis' military recent crackdown on terrorist activities in the region. So, in other words, you crack down on us, we're going to kill your children. Fruit, more fruit of the Islam, the, the, the religion of peace, Islam. Next report. Taliban Muslim devils burn teacher alive in front of the pupils and behead children. Now, this is from the same... I believe the same report, same, uh, not exactly the same report, but it's the same event that we're talking about. They burnt a teacher in front of us, the students in the classroom. The unnamed military source said, um, they burnt a teacher in front of the students in the classroom. The unnamed military source told the US TV network. They literally set the teacher on fire with gasoline and made the kids watch. And then there was a related report on that, and I give you the link to it. It says, I am their mother. The heroic headmistress, I guess in Pakistan, told the Taliban before being set on fire. She was willing to basically die for her, her pupils. Wow. God bless her. According to a tweet by Omar R. Karadishi, an editor of the Express Tribune, who has over 154,000 Twitter followers, he said, quote, some of the bodies brought up to the hospital during the Peshawar school attack have been also headless. So they were beheading the children. They set at least one of the teachers on fire in front of the students to make them watch, and then they probably killed the children too, or most of them. Well, this is Islam. This is the religion of peace that needs to have pressure preferential treatment wherever it goes. This is Islam in its purest form. All of this other stuff where you, you get creeping Sharia and you've got you have Islam just kind of taking over seemingly innocently first. This is where it always ends up. This is where Islam always ends up in its logical conclusion because this is Islam. This is what the Quran says to do. Behead, kill, slay the infidel. Terrorize them in the name of Allah. Like we had talked about the very first part. This is Terrorization. They're just being true to Allah, the moon god. Who's just a fallen angel under Satan. They're just being true to that devil. That's all they're doing. They're being good Muslims. According to the Quran. And then President Obama's statement condemning the mass murder in a Pakistani school fails to blame the perpetrators, the Taliban, because he can't ever really mention that it's Islam. No, we'll just we'll just condemn the attack, but we don't want to, you know. Meanwhile, he's surfing in Hawaii right now, and, and body surfing or whatever, taking one of his, you know, 
more more vacations, more golf rounds ever than any ever president in the history of mankind. Commander in chief with Michael, his buddy, he she wife. Yeah, well, we've gotten into that in recent times. Pure evil in the White House. Nothing but a stinking abomination from the pit of hell. And he sits back and he loves this stuff. You couldn't convince me he doesn't love all of this. He could sit there and condemn it. He is a Muslim. He was brought up a Muslim. He's admitted to this much. Once a Muslim, always a Muslim. I mean, unless you're going to really take a bold stance and try to break free and get saved. That doesn't happen too often. And it sure hasn't happened with him. Next report. Islamic State beheads 150 women. This is a different report. They behead 150 women. Man, how brave they are. Some pregnant for refusing to marry jihad terrorists. This is all part of the Islamic State's treatment of these women as sex slaves. The captives of, quote, the right hand. According to the Quran, in uh, chapter 4, 3, 4, 24, 23, verses 1 through 6, and 33, uh, verse 50. They have, they have no say in the matter, and if they refuse their fate, they are to be killed. Iraq's Ministry of Human Rights, in a statement released, said that the women in the western Iraqi province of Al-Anabar were attacked by the Islamic State terrorists and were later buried in mass graves in Fallujah. At least 150 females, including pregnant women, were executed in Fallujah by a militant named Abu Anas al-Libi, after they refused to accept the jihad marriage. 150. Last month, at least 50 men and women and children were executed by ISIS members in a tribe massacre at the village of Ras al-Mah. One comment read about this, Rabid dogs have more of a conscience than these demon-possessed soldiers. Just think of how horrific they, they are that women would die rather than have to marry them. Notice also how they pick the most defenseless of victims. They're cowards. The more depraved they become, the more they expose the evil doctrines they uphold. Yes, well said. So they would rather die, these women, than marry these devils. You know, I mean, I can't say good choice, because, I mean, I, I, most likely none of them were saved. But I, I hope they were, you know. Um, but it's pretty bad. You know, when you have that dynamic going on. And then, in, in even a more of an inhumane barbarism and atrocities, this new thing came out, Not, I mean, it was actually exposed, it came to the surface, and it was entitled ISIS, ISIS Sex Pamphlet Approves Pedophilia and Sex Slavery. This is what the brochure got into. Story after terrible story keeps emerging from the Middle East about this terrible treatment of women at the hands of ISIS. Uh, from sex slave markets to raping and then murdering young girls, ISIS militants justify their actions using religion. New evidence reveals an even more sickening situation than previously thought. Islamists recently handed out pamphlets across Mosul, Iraq, explaining the official position of ISIS concerning female sex slaves. This is CNN reported on this. Now, if CNN, who will try to whitewash like most mass media outlets... Anything having negative having to do with Islam? If they're willing to admit to this, I mean, it's pretty bad. Entitled, the pamphlet is entitled, Questions and Answers on Taking Captives and Slaves. 
and translate and was translated by the Middle East Research Center, M-E-M-E-M-R-I, uh, which is their abbreviation. One of the questions in the pamphlet asks, can all unbelieving women be taken captive? The answer will make your stomach turn, which says, quote, there is no dispute among the scholars what is permissible to capturing an unbelieving woman, which is any non-Muslim woman. It is permissible to capture. This is what I've been saying. People say, well, I mean, uh, on the liberal side, a lot of them, even some conservatives, well, not all Muslims are that way. Again, they're lukewarm Muslims not being true to their faith, or they're the Trojan horse Muslims that are just here to establish a beachhead until full Muslim jihadi warriors can come in and implement full Sharia law and full jihad, their devil holy war. That's all they're there to do. They're just there to establish a beachhead. That's it. Every single place they go, this happens. All you have to do is look at the fruit to know what I'm telling you is the absolute, total truth. Because everywhere they go and they gain any kind of power, it turns into hell on earth, essentially. I know that's not really a proper term, but you know what I mean. Their fruit is just disgusting and evil and vile Every single time, and the more they increase in numbers, the more disgusting, evil, and vile their fruit becomes. It's like clockwork. Never fails. So let's go further. The second question on the pamphlet says, Can one have intercourse with a female captive? Answer, it is permissible to have sexual intercourses, intercourse with, female, with the female captive. Um... And then it goes on to say, or the, the report says, not only does the pamphlet permit and endorse having female sex slaves, it even details what kind of sex a man should have with his slave. It says, quote, if she is a virgin, he, her master, can have intercourse with her immediately. However, if she isn't, her uterus must be purified. First, how to purify the uterus is not explained. So this is what, I mean, these pig devil, uh, maggots, I don't know what else to really call them, from the pit of hell, demon-possessed vessels of Satan, need to make sure that she's been purified before they defile her. Really ironic, you know, really ironic to me. Regarding child sex slavery, the authors of the pamphlet left no stone unturned. One question asks, is it permissible to have intercourse with a female slave who has not yet reached puberty? Okay, they haven't even reached puberty yet. Okay? Answer. It is permissible to have intercourse with a female sex slave who hasn't reached puberty if she is fit for intercourse. Okay, well, who determines that? The, the demon-possessed Muslim puke that, that, that is going to have sex with a little nine-year-old? Well, I think she's fit. Oh, Really? You know, when you're burning in hell, white hot for eternity, you're going to have a lot of regrets about the wickedness you did on this planet. You sick, disgusting devils. But this is normal. This is, this is Islam, right here. The sex slavery that's going on right now is just at a, an unbelievable level. Anything evil you could envision in your mind, man, there, Islam is going to be all over it, right on top of it. Right at the spear tip. 
The pamphlet sets the legal framework for allowing members of ISIS to justify these barbaric acts. At this point, I wanted to give some Bible verses regarding uh, God dealing with the wrath of the wicked. Actually, you know what? I am not going to have enough time to go over all these verses. um, Because I'm running out of time here. Uh... I will get into that in part two, and um, I just wanted to make uh, another, you know, l- little announcement. Um, thank you for the people that have been praying for us, for um, the people that have donated to us, and to, you know, basically to keep to keep me in the game. I guess is is what it really boils down to. And um, I, I mean, I haven't even said anything regarding. Uh, my word, I haven't made an announcement regarding our finances in probably, I don't even know, it's been a year, two years, I don't know, long time. I hate even bringing stuff like that up. Um, uh, I would just, all I would say is that if you could pray for our finances, donations have been really down, and I totally get why. I mean, there's so many things that people need to be doing, and uh, things of this nature. I do think, though, that it is always important to... And again, I've done a whole teaching on tithing. And the Bible says, as a man of purpose in his heart, so let him give. Okay, so this whole thing about the 10% Levitical tithe and being under the law and the bondage of the law, that has been totally debunked in the New Testament. Okay, I do believe it is important, though, to, to give, you know, to, I don't know, whatever you would deem a worthy ministry. And I'm not saying I'm worthy. <laughs> but... Um, I've tried to like warn and, and things of this nature, and and I get I give I practice what I preach. There's certain ministries that that I give to, and um, um, it's just one of those things where where as a man of purpose in his heart, so let me give. So whoever God is convicting you to give to, and whoever the Lord's laid on your heart, I think that's how we need because that does come back on you. You know, that does come back on you. I am convinced of it. And it's also something that I believe garners us protection in the days and times to come. Giving to worthy ministers. And I'm not talking about myself even. I'm just saying in general, that is something that I, I do believe is important. So if you would just pray for pray for our finances. Um, there's probably going to come, come a time in the near future that I'm not going to be able to offer PayPal anymore. Just... But basically the bottom line of what it boils down to is that the powers that be in these types of things are going to make ministries, they're going to make it harder and harder and harder for them to function. And I think we all see that day and time coming. And that's going to be also a tremendous hit for for us without that. So I'm just throwing that out there, just if you'd keep us in prayer. That's all. I don't normally even ask for um, uh, prayer, and I need to be doing that more often. And uh, I just forget, I kind of get caught up in the moment, I get caught up in the teachings and things of this nature, and I am extremely grateful for my listeners who have prayed for us, because I believe we would have been gone a long time ago, Uh, this ministry would have been gone a long time ago, and um, without the Lord's protection, without the prayers of the saints, and without their giving, there's no way. I would not have been able to do this, and I've I've started this, um, I've got teachings going all the way back to 2006, and then in 2007, I think I started posting them, and then I walked away from 
basically my practice, my the, the private practice that I was in, oh, fully walked away when we, when we moved up here to North Carolina, and uh, was was it was down to kind of a a trickle back in Florida. So that was probably I don't know, two thousand nine around there, pretty much was really, really winding things down, just to devote, being able to devote full-time to the ministry. So I thank you for, for, I thank the Lord Jesus Christ, but I thank you also for helping me to get in a position where I could actually do that. Because I do feel like there's a, there's a need here. And to try to tie all of this stuff together, and then also to keep the Lord Jesus Christ in focus and in the forefront of, of our thought process, where I'm not just going to be reporting on all doom and gloom and giving you no scriptural remedy for what's coming. And I hate to say it, but there are a lot of, some of them I wouldn't even call ministries, just maybe even an alternative media, where it's just all doom and gloom, you're going to die, it's all your efforts that are going to get you out of this hot water, so you better do everything you can do. And I don't ever want to convey that that message. I do think we need to be proactive. The, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, and but the simple pass on and are punished. Okay, the Bible is clear on that, but we also need to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not into our own understanding. In all the, thy ways acknowledge him, and then he shall direct our paths. So, I try to, I've tried to blend the two together so that there was also a message of hope interwoven in with all of this horrific information that I have to get into um, on a weekly to, you know, maybe every two weeks basis. And then also with the, the newsletters that, that I put out, the health newsletter and the current event newsletter. So I thank you. I pray God bless all of you a hundredfold of what you've done for me. And if, you know, I don't know how much any of us, how much time any of us have where, where I mean, alternative media, um, organizations in the internet where we are going to have time to get our message out. I know I've said this a lot of times, but I mean, my word, if we were to get through 2015, <laughs> that, that it, it just seems like a miracle every year. And I just think God and his grace and his mercy has, has extended this and allowed a lot more people to actually get woken up. And then in the end times, you know, they're going to be educated. They're not going to be taken unawares. They're not going to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of them. They're not going to be destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6. They're going to be in a position of, of much more strength than they would have ever been had they not been told the truth, had they not been woken up. And that's my goal, is to try to create as many people, as many Christians like that, as many saved Christians like that as possible. So then in the end times also, um, we can be used as a beacon of hope. We can be used as um, somebody that is looked upon that will be able to help others. Because that's really what it all is, it's all about. Great, let, let them that is greatest among you, let him be your servant, as Jesus said. So that's all. I just wanted to kind of throw that in there, and I will go to part two next, and God bless you. Scott Johnson's 800-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the Internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-4-F-O-R 
truth, T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, box number 321, Hickory, North Carolina, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.